0: I might have to talk really loudly because I'm driving and my phone is further away from you know like my mouth. I wanted to record yesterday actually um not so much as like a New Year's hurrah thing but more as I get an update of what I've been up to, the whole podcast's purpose was to kind of update the listener or audience member, you, about, you know, the American dream and what that means, and I think I started this podcast in 2023, so the whole point of it was to kind of pivot away from my job at the time and kind of, I don't know, figure my life out as far as like a career and maybe other things here and there. And so I'm actually on winter break from my job at the school and they want me to do like a different role. So I think it pays more it's a job that someone else was doing before they left. And I guess they need to see a bit more help. And yeah, like I guess, I mean, just a lot of the same old stuff, like a field in education. But one thing I found interesting is, um, Like, the American dream thing. Like, the, the goal, right? I think before it was very much the whole boomer model with uh, very linear, very go to school, get a degree, find a spouse, buy a home, have a child, raise that child, kind of repeat the cycle. Um, just... With the education being better. And the box the child lives in being bigger. Etc. And. I don't think I really want that. For so many reasons. I don't know if I want to have kids. Of my own. Yeah. Because I was like a. You know. Sperm donor. And all that. So. I really like the idea of not having any kids. There's this thing called a dink. Which is a double income, no kids. Which is like, basically to do that, it would take me a while. But I would want to be like a teacher. That would be like my base. Or My anchor. And you know, these things always change, right? So... So basically like it's a new thing for millennials where it's like it's like a dual income household with no children. It's basically an inversion of this whole I love lucy nuclear family where you have a sole breadwinner, which is usually the father, and a stay-at-home mother or housewife, which is the female. And, you know, children and all that. And so she kind of raises the children and the father's sort of a stranger to the children. But maybe he, like, talks to them on the weekends or takes some fishing or camping or whatever during summers or, you know, whatever. And so it's basically, like, the opposite of that where a couple decides, like, hey, we're not going to have children and we'll both work. And so the idea is, like, there's no differentiation as far as, like, the division of labor goes, Since there's no one to have, like... Since there's no one to really raise. So it's... It's sort of not traditional. But also, it's becoming more traditional. You know, where it's an option. I think now... You have a lot more options with what you want to do with your body, with your time, with your mental energy, which is kind of cool. I feel like it's so different than what I envisioned for my life three years ago, 14 years ago, 2024 now, and you have a vision of what your life is going to look like when you're 20. When you're... And then when you get to 25, you're kind of faced with, oh my God, did I get there? No. Partially because there's so much... idealism, I think, in your 20s. And not really being aware how how the real world works. And also, how the economy's been, you know? Uh, post-pandemic inflation... The recession, all that. And so you really don't account for that when you're 20. And I feel like our generation has kind of adapted to the whole, you know, I don't think we can do this right now kind of thing. So it's a lot of adjustments. And I feel like time has helped me sort of sculpt what kind of life I want for myself. And what kind of parent I want to be for Zach or the other offspring. And I think it's kind of cool. And I'm kind of just enjoying my break, you know. Back when I started the podcast, I was very attached to my savings. Because I was very attached to this idea of what my future is. And I've been thinking about selling some of my stocks because... I know I still have them. I want to kind of spruce up where I live, so I bought um, I bought like an electric desk that moves up and down because I wanted to start doing therapy sessions standing up. I don't know. And of course, you have to buy all this other stuff when you buy something for your home because then it looks all you know, uneven, I guess, or mismatched. At least for me, like, it's different for everyone. Like, some homes you go to, and that's another thing, like, being a dog walker has given me so much inspo for homes and how people live. And it's really interesting how different people of different cultures sort of organize everything. And as someone who lived in a household that was very chaotic, very, like, not really squalor. That would be a disservice to my mom and how much she did. But it was not organized. And it wasn't organized because you know, everything was left up to one person, you know? And basically, she was treading for decades. And I feel bad. Um, dang, I got home fast. And Yeah, so that's what I want to do right now. Like this year is kind of not stress out so much about the future, but also within reason kind of understand what what I want for myself. And right now it's just looking like living comfortably in the sense of making do with what I have. And being thankful for what I have and trusting that with time my career will blossom, that I will blossom. I'm like a really, really late bloomer, like, like really late, like really late. And so, I don't think, yeah, I can park here. Oh my gosh, there's enough room to park. Cool. Maybe I'll even park here. I'm going to record for a while, so I'm not going in just yet. Parallel parking. The secret to parallel parking is breaking it up into two different parts. And then there's part, like... It being, like, a faith practice, too. But basically, the first part is backing up. And then you stop. And then you pivot. And basically adjust after. Well, I guess that's three parts. It. And then tomorrow I have to move my car, probably. <sighs> um... Yeah, so. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. I feel like there's not a lot of pressure now to kind of settle down. Because I don't think that's what I want for myself. I mean, I do want to find a partner. Maybe within the next five. I don't even know if I have that much time. Which is weird. Right? Because it's like. I never thought I would be on the clock when it came to things because I was a donor when I was 20. And the con- first conception was when I was like 22, I think, or turning 22. And so I never really felt like I was on like some kind of clock, right? But it feels like I'm pushing 34. I'll be 34 in July. Do I feel 34? No. I feel like 12. I feel like I'm 19. I feel like I'm 26. Some days I feel 60. I don't know. It's weird. I don't. It's kind of like how people talk about being gender fluid. I feel that way for my age, you know? Like, sometimes I just feel like a kid. Sometimes I feel like an old man. Sometimes I feel like my age. So, but anyway, in the real world, with human years, I'm going to be 34, and I want to have, like, I feel like I'm starting to get to the point where I understand the value of a partner, and I want to have, like, a life partner. Not in the sense of, like, oh, like, he's gay or whatever, but a life part. because I think that's how we used to use the word life partner. Like, Becky and her life partner, and they'd be like, oh. No, it's like I think with my generation, it's a lot about like having someone who's like your ride or die, basically. I know that sounds like a chola thing to say, but just someone you could kind of navigate reality with, like the mundane aspects of life and then also bonding with them and sharing ideas and feelings and experiences with them. And having intimate moments with them, whether it's sexual or emotional or mental, you know? And I think I want that for myself in my life because life can be tough sometimes. And it feels like I rely so much on my therapist where it's like sometimes I can tell like it's too much even though they're not supposed to tell you that it is. And then other times I think like I'm doing myself a disservice because I'm not really trying. And, you know, you know, like, I know, oh, it will happen in its time. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not getting any younger. But, you know, like, I trust it because you have people like Ric Flair who get married and divorced and married and divorced. And, you know, like, I feel like, I don't know if it's a good idea to quote reality television, but I think there was someone A woman on a dating show, reality show. Which is really weird to think that dating shows used to be like game shows. Because I remember that. Anyway. What was I talking about? Dating? I don't know why my brain just turned off. Maybe I'm tired. That's so weird. Oh yeah, there was like, um, this woman said something about, I believe in soulmates, but I believe that not everyone finds their soulmate before they die, and that kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, oh, do I believe in soulmates? No, I feel like some people are really compatible, where it feels almost mystical. And, I mean, I believe in pheromones and stuff, and attraction. But I don't think... There's just so many ways to look at it. Because think about it this way, right? Think about the evolutionary perspective, when you think of soulmates. Like, why would you? Why would evolution account for a soulmate? You know, it's like, why would evolution put all its eggs in one basket and hope that one person meets another person and they stay together and reproduce and bond and all that? That's like ideal, but it's not how. It works, you know? That doesn't work with mammals and other species. It's like, does a lizard find his soulmate or her soulmate? Not really, but like it happens where egg meets sperm and stuff and fertilizes it, and then some sort of offspring are born. That's one way to look at it, where it's like, if that were the case, then a lot of people would miscarry. A lot more people, you know? Um, and then... I don't know. I feel like I don't really talk about this a lot in my podcast. I don't really write about a lot of it in my journals. Because I, you know, I really struggle with dating. And, like, my social anxiety. And my self-esteem. And it's been I think I've been like on two or three dates my whole life. haven't been in a relationship. And I just feel like you shouldn't be restricted to one person in your whole life. That's not to say you need to go around messing with a lot of women or men and lack commitment. You know, but I mean, go ahead do your thing. You know, just don't hurt anyone. But it's like, I feel like, I really feel like you can fall in and out of love. Just from growing up and seeing my siblings and people like, like my friends, you know. And it just feels like it can happen, you know. I feel like what I'm learning about this post-COVID world is that These old molds and patterns and trajectories just don't really work anymore. You know, it's kind of like. It's like a why bother sentiment. Because divorce rates are so high. What's the point of getting married, right? Or. What's the point of owning a home with all this stuff in the economy, you know, and is it worth it? And it's like, is it a cop out? But there's another way to look at it where it's like, you don't have to restrict yourself to one way of living for the rest of your life. And it feels like with dating and with marriage, it's like, you know, it might not work out, but you have to put the work into it. One thing I think my generation struggles with or maybe it's just me and I'm making excuses and blaming and justifying and not taking accountability is and I'll use a quote to describe it from Miss Trunchbull from the movie Matilda, where she goes, The distance the shop goes depends on the effort you put into it. Perspiration If you can't handle the little brat, I'll throw in the chokey Sorry, I think I heard I think I honked the horn. Yeah, and it's like you get out of something what you put into it. You reap what you sow. It's very like simple, but then it's almost like I don't know if it's a millennial thing or a Gen Z thing, where it's very like what you receive in this world is mystical. You know, it's a manifestation. It's like gumdrops falling from the sky if you just really think about it hard enough. And, I mean, to some extent, like, luck exists, sure. And you can just wait for a windfall, but then sometimes it just doesn't come, you know? And sometimes it comes out of nowhere. It's just, you can't really plan it out. and You can't really hope it'll happen and it'll happen. Like, yeah, you. it's like two things. You have to hope for it and be patient, but you also have to kind of act like it's going to happen you know like it's almost like staring at a seed you know and you're walking by this little planter you have and then you're like oh my god i hope this thing grows into a tree <laughs> and then it's like you kind of have to go along with it you have to be like i'm going to water you <laughs> oh my god hope you hope you grow <laughs> and then it like it sprouts and then like oh my god, you're growing, yay, I willed it. But then it's like, yeah, but no, you watered it. Like, it needed the water to grow, and it's growing. So it's like, yes, God had a part in it, but you had a part in it, you know? Like, it's a a system. So it feels like this year, and just generally, I need to, I don't need to do too much. I feel like millennials, like, they, we do a bit much, you know? And if we don't, it's like there's a sense of shame in in it, you know? And even the other generation, the Gen Z generation, it feels like an all or nothing thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to rot in bed or, oh, my God, I just spent nine hours doing deep work or whatever. And it's that weird kind of language. And it feels like it's not sustainable, you know? It's like, where are we going? Like, what are we trying to do, you know? And it's not in a rhetorical way. It's just like, really, what are we trying to do with our lives, like collectively as a generation or two or three? And I think it would be cool if we can reverse this climate change and make it so there's like not only net zero, like carbon, whatever you want to call it, but like just a surplus of oxygen. Because I think that would... Honestly, like, I read somewhere, or probably a video or something, where the Earth used to have more oxygen. And it's like, the animals were bigger. And, like, wouldn't that be cool if a squirrel was, like, the size of a, a car and we were the size of the trees? And our homes were, like, really big? And the trees we cut down were really big because we could afford to cut down trees that big? But whatever. Oh, my God. A new walk. 6 a.m. Tuesday at 6. Oh, it's close by. It's a pit bull. Yeah, someone would want to walk a pit bull at 6 in the morning. Oh, what? I have to cancel that. Sorry, the app is like... It tells you something is one mile away. But then it's one mile... Away from where you last walked a dog. But that would be seven miles away. Anyway. For as interrupted by a notification. Which I'm also working towards like mitigating a little bit. Um, Yeah. It's like where do we go from here? And. blah. Dang it. I went off too much of a tangent. Should I end it here? I think I was really getting somewhere. I try to get somewhere with these. Yeah, so. I feel like. I don't know if I have a soulmate. Because I feel like it's one of those things where it's, like, we throw on the word soulmate, but it's, like, no one really, like, takes the time to really explain what that means. Or maybe I just missed out on this, like, meeting we all had about what a soulmate is and how it works. Because it's, like, a soulmate, like, what exactly, A, what does it mean, you know? Is it somewhere in, like, ancient mythology or ancient ways of living? You know, is there something I'm missing here? I'm sure there's, like, old spell books where you fall in love with someone or, like, Cupid's arrow, but... But, like, I'm just thinking about the logistics of it. Like, how do you know? Like, does a blue dot light up where you know it's your soulmate? Is it the kind of person you talk to for hours on end on the phone? But then it's, like... Do people still talk to each other on the phone? And am I even recording still? Yeah, I guess so. But I really want to find someone that I could just hang out with and be myself around and support and be supported by. Because I feel like a lot of people do have it and I feel kind of lost. And sometimes I even feel autistic about who I am and feels like I'm just confused about all of this stuff. You know? And it's like, I don't want to complain, but it's like, no one really taught me and to have this fear of rejection. It's like borderline pathological. Not in like a evil person pathological. A pathology is not always like manifested as like a criminal with criminal behaviors. I feel like it's just something I really struggle with, you know? And. I don't know how to begin or where to begin. And that's a whole other episode for a different time. But I wanted to update you and tell you as far as this process goes, I think I've had this podcast for like a couple years now. And I don't think I'm I'm nowhere near as successful as like I kind of set out to be because I think when I started I wanna have I wanted to like have it all you know, and show it off. But there's so many things and forces at work that can help and block you from that. And the economic outlook of my country and my generation isn't really boding well for a lot of us, you know? So it's like your values do kind of have to change and adjust. And as, as do your expectations about your life, And it's like, you really have to take it with a grain of salt and say. How much work do I want to put in? You know. Like, how much am I willing to put in for what I want? And is it really worth it? Because we have to ask those questions like we can't afford not to. Because for. So much of. Our lives as millennials, we've kind of had those hoped and did put the work in. And, you know, it's. I feel like it's a lesson with expectations. And last year was all about not having them. And I can really see the benefit of that because when you have so many expectations and you're not really being realistic, you're going to get disappointed a lot. And I feel like when... You minimize your expectations because I don't know if you can not have any. I think I tried, but I'd always be like, oh, yeah, I had those. And maybe I'll record tomorrow because I've been talking for like half an hour. I don't really like talking this much. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'm where I initially wanted to be, but I also feel like I'm doing better Than when I started because I was kind of lost. And I was just basically throwing myself to the wolves for like a good year. But we're making something out of this. We're making something out of this. You know, a lot of people quit a couple years ago. And this is like an update, you know. And it's like more power to you if you did the same. And if you're still stuck doing the thing you did two years ago. And was like, man, I'm really rooting for him. Like you can probably do it because I'm... Kind of garbage. Not really. But it's like, I'm not very good at navigating like rea- social reality. And like I'm not out in the street. So, yeah. You can do it. You can do it. But, I mean, I saved a lot. But, whatever. I think, honestly, I was thinking about this, too. I really didn't do the best job at doing this. I kind of just cut all ties and walked away. And it feels like if I kind of stuck out, st- stuck it out, but I couldn't have because I was so miserable. God damn, I was miserable. I just feel like if I stayed a little bit, I wouldn't have to burn through my savings so much. And I could have pivoted in a different way. But I don't know. Fuck it. This message was brought to you by... I use... To edit my... And share... To other creators and... And I really recommend it. So check out the... Link below. Alright, have a great night. Happy New Year, 2024. Signing out.